Good morning, Westridge. Doesn't Michael and Steve do a great job of bringing us into the presence of God? Isn't that amazing? I just thank you guys. Thank you so much. That's just uh, that's just a wow. I'm just, just I don't know any other way to put it. I'm Lance Hurley. It is my pleasure and honor to be with you here today at uh, at Westridge. Uh, I've been a part of this church, believe it or not, from even before it started. I remember touring this area with Darren and his father, Bob, as we were looking at the right place to uh, start a church. I'd say God did a pretty good job, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a friend of brothers. We, uh, we, call our, we really are brothers in a lot of ways. I mean, uh, his dad uh, was a dear friend of mine. He was like a second father to me. And Darren and I and his dad, we did a lot of things together. And uh, uh, we were talking this the other day. We were texting back and forth. And uh, we both miss Bob very much. Uh, he was just a fine man of God. And, and so is my brother. So is my brother. Well, I do want to say, guys, happy Father's Day. Okay, what a, what a great privilege it is. Yeah, I give your dad an, an applause. You bet. Uh, it's a great thing to be able to, to be a father, to mentor, to guide, to guard our children and things of that nature. Uh, it's just a marvelous privilege. I'm a dad. I'm a dad of three sons, uh, and I have uh, two grandchildren too. So that's uh, and that's even well. Anyway, that's great. I mean, that's, I don't really put that. It is a privilege to be here with you today. Well, I'm not going to have a standard Father's Day sermon. I think there'll be things that you can pick out today out of the sermon that I think will hopefully help all of us uh, grow a little closer to God. But I have many fond memories of spending time here at Westridge. I was back here in the in the early 2000s and. Uh, God is at work here. Now, I'm a fan of simple things, okay? I'm, I'm kind of a simple guy, and I got a couple things with me today that, uh, that kind of uh, talk about, they have simple instructions to them. Now, car shade, these have been kind of handy the last couple of days, haven't they? Okay, they've been kind of, kind of hot. So there's a, there's a caution on this little tag right here. Here's what it says. To avoid extreme heat buildup, place shade flush against windshield. Now, it's important to know how to use it. Now, here's the second instruction. Remove shade before operating the vehicle. <laughs> you ever wonder why instructions are Well, you know why instructions are written, right? Okay, all right. So, And then I have a, a Shrek iron. I got this off the back of a cereal box. Now, it gives you an instruction. Then there's a caution down here in the bottom corner. Here's what it says. This activity involves using a hot iron. Only an adult should do this activity. Be careful. Cardboard transfer will still be hot. And here's the one I love. Do not iron while wearing shirt. Okay? <laughs> yeah, you know why that was written, don't you? So anyway, simple things. Why, why talk about simple things? Well, I tell you what. I appreciate simple stories. The Bible's filled with simple stories that teach not only simple truths, but very complex truths as well at the same time. And that leads us to the, what I want to, uh, to explore today together. I think God wants us to use what we've been given. The story comes from the book of Mark. It's the second book in the New Testament. Uh, it's a story about Jesus. And here's what it says. While he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar, poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present... We're saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor, and they rebuked her harshly. Jesus said, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? 
She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you. You can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Now, reading this passage one morning, uh, one phrase in there kind of caught my attention for the first time. It's like God opened something new to me. And the phrase was, she did what she could. I thought, oh, that's so profound. This story is about Mary. Uh, There's a parallel found in John chapter 12, the fourth book of the New Testament. But Mary did what she could. And because she did, Jesus said this. He said, your story is going to be told. Now look at this story. I hear a very simple instruction for we who want to get closer to God. We want to follow Jesus. I think God wants us to do what we can. God expects us to use what we've been given to make a difference everywhere we are. No matter matter what our circumstances can be, we all have something in our hand that we can share. And as I thought about this, I realized the Bible is filled with stories of people who did this very thing. And use what they had. Let me give you a couple of examples. Moses. Back in the Old Testament, God called Moses while he was shepherding some sheep and goats out in the, out in the wilderness. He, he caught his attention by having this bush catch on fire, but the, the bush didn't get burned up. We've all seen the movie The Ten Commandments, right? Okay, so there's the, there's the bush burning, okay? So Moses goes over the bush. God explained to him what he wanted Moses to do. And Moses' Moses' question was, What if they don't believe me or listen to me? So God asks this question. He says, hey, what's that you're holding in your hand? Well, Moses was a shepherd. He had this big stick of wood. Okay, it was a shepherd's staff. Moses said, well, it's my shepherd's staff. God said, okay, here's what's going to happen. Let me, let's perform a couple of miracles with this. So Moses did a couple of miracles with it. And before Moses left that place, God said, go to Egypt, but don't forget to take your shepherd's staff with you. God used what Moses had in his hand to lead the people out of Israel, out of Egypt, excuse me. David, David and Goliath. David's a 14-year-old boy. Goliath's a 10-foot-tall man. He saw Goliath utter his challenge to the Israelite army. They were, they were scared. And David said, well, I don't know why, God, why you guys aren't doing something. God's behind us. Well, it caught the attention of King Saul. King Saul had him brought into his presence. And King Saul says, now before you go fight this giant, you need armor on. So King Saul dressed him in his armor. He was a, a, high, a, a tall adult. David walks around his armor and he says, I can't do this. This doesn't fit me. So David took what he had in his hand. Again, a shepherd's staff, a sling, and five smooth stones. And that stone went right in the giant's forehead. And then there was a little boy in the New Testament with five loaves and two fish. Uh, maybe you remember the story. After a long couple of days of ministry with people crowding all around him, Jesus said, hey, we need to feed these people. His disciples looked at each other and said, well, we, we can't do that. We had eight months worth of wages. We couldn't do that. And then one of his disciples brings his little boy to him. His mom had packed him a lunch. And, and they brought this little boy, and, and Andrew, his disciple, says, well, here's the little boy with his lunch. He's got five biscuits, think Pillsbury biscuits, and sardines, okay? That's what it was, okay? Five biscuits, two little fish. But then he says this, what is so few among so many? 
Now, I, I love this story because I love the little boy. We don't, we don't think about this very often. He's really the hero of this story because it was his lunch. Right? I mean, it was his. He could do with it whatever he wanted to. But he didn't hold anything back. He just gave it to Jesus. And Jesus did what only Jesus can do and fed 5,000 men, women, and children with five little biscuits and two sardines. I love Jesus. Oh, many other stories. It's the same theme. People using what they had in their hands to make a difference for God and his work. Now, most of these people didn't take time to uh, compare themselves to others. Well, why couldn't I give what they have? Or why can't I do what they can do? They didn't feel sorry about what they didn't have. They didn't make excuses about what they had in their hand. They just put it in the hand of the master. And he did what people, what the master always does. He multiplied it to make a difference. And it's all there because these people chose to do what they could. So let's go back to Mary for just a minute. Out of gratitude for what Jesus had done for her, she responded by doing what she could for Jesus. And Jesus said because she was willing to do this, her story was going to be told. Now, I want to live a life that makes a difference, personally. I, I want to do this for my family first. You know, I, I see my boys grow up, they're, they're, they're good men. I see my grandchildren, a five-year-old and a two-year-old granddaughter, okay? I, I want them to grow up to see the difference they can make as they follow Jesus. I want to do that for the people I'm in close contact with. I want to make a positive impact. And I want to do that through the job I've been called. We start churches all across Chicagoland. I love my job. We get to see people who are far away from God come into a relationship with the Father. I guess when it's all said, I'd really like to live a life as a story worth telling. And I don't think I'm too alone on that story, on that uh, stage there. I think we all want to, have, want to live a life that makes a difference. We all want to have a story. Others look back and say, hey, I remember when. Truth is, if we want to live lives with, with stories worth telling, we need to be willing to follow the example of Mary. So let's look at a couple of lessons here from the life of Mary real fast. First of all, Mary brought what she had. Now, I have a puzzle with me today. Okay, this one's a complete one. I just opened it up yesterday. Okay, 100 pieces. Everybody should have received a puzzle piece today when you walked in. All right, so my question is, how important is, let's dig down in here, how important is this piece to the puzzle? You know what I have in my hand now? I have what garage sales are calling them incomplete puzzles, right? Hey, who buys incomplete puzzles at the garage sales? <laughs> yeah, why? Why would we do that? We want a puzzle that has all the pieces in place, right? All right, now here's the deal, guys. Every piece, we know that every piece is important to the whole, isn't it? Okay? And when I look at this, I see the church. Because every one of us is vitally important as we bring our skills and giftedness to the table. But here's the deal. We just need to bring what we have. Mary brought this perfume. She gave it to Jesus. It was generous. 
Nard was an aromatic herb grown way up in the Himalayan mountains. It took a long time to get it down to, uh, to the trade routes. It was harvested, transported by camel down here. John tells us it was valued at a year's wage. So think whatever you make in a year. That's how much this little bottle of perfume cost. Now, it was a burial spice. I see a few short weeks before this story, Mary's brother Lazarus had died. And maybe she had it for that, to, to help prepare his body for the funeral. We all know, well, the story is that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Never had to use the nard. So think about what we have, okay? Bring what we have. I found a person who gave a, a TED lecture one time. Very interesting. His name is Eric Whitaker. He's a professional composer of classical music. And I read about him in a book called The Art of Neighboring. And I saw his first TED lecture. And basically what this guy does, he's put together a virtual choir of 2,000 voices. And what he does, he asks people to sing a song and just sing a few lines of the song. He'd give them, up, they upload it to his, to his uh, website. And then he compiles them all together. And this all began when a video, he received a video from a teenager named Britlin. And here's what she did. She sang a portion of one of his first compositions. She said, Mr. Mr. Whitaker, I wanted to sing your song for you. And so she just sang a few lines of the song. She looks into the camera, she swallows, and she, uh, she gulps a couple times. She says, I'm really nervous. And then she sang. And this catalyzed something in his mind. She said, he said, man, what would happen if I put a lot of people together who sang my song? And he invited other people to bring what they had to the table. And person after person responded, and now he has this beautiful virtual choir. I'll tell you guys, it's, it's real easy to discount what we bring to the table. Say, oh, come on. There's not much to this piece I have. It's simply not true. The other thing is, it's very easy to hold on to what we have and refuse to let it out, right? I love the title of the song that the, the band just sang, Hang On Tightly. Well, here's, here's, here's the song I like from 38 Special. It says, hold on loosely, right? Hold on loosely. Because, yeah, you're right, you have to hang on tightly to everything we have to, in order to share the right way. We have to hold on loosely to what we have, though, so we can bring it. Mary brought what she had. Now, it led to the second thing, because not only did she bring what she had, she used what she had. So, I have a can of green beans with me today. Okay, a favorite dinnertime supplement, right? All right, so let's say I'm making supper for the family. Okay, my boys are older now, but let's say I'm making supper for the family. And I, they say to me, hey, Dad, can we have corn tonight? I say, this is what I have. Well, Dad, I really want corn. Okay, let me ask you. What are they going to get as a vegetable? <laughs> this can does not produce corn. Right? As much as they want it to produce corn, this brings what? Green beans. Right, right. Okay. Now, here's the deal, guys. We don't have to bring what we don't have. However, we do have to bring and use what we do have, right? Mary brought what she had. And she was planning on using it when she brought it. I mean, this, this nard was in a, a one-time-use jar. It was an alabaster jar. 
You had to break the top off of it. It didn't have a screw top to it, okay? So you break the top off of it. It couldn't be used again. And she just poured the whole thing on Jesus. She brought it and she used it, right? See, Mary figured this gift was appropriate for the master. Maybe she'd heard what he was talking about when he talked about the cross coming. Or maybe she had seen the way the Jewish leaders were acting and reacting to Jesus. They were getting angry with him every day. She brought it and poured it out on his head. She used it all. I was talking with one of our church planners last fall about their first back-to-school block party the church did. The church is in an urban setting, don't have a lot of financial resources, but somehow they gathered together $5,000 of of, uh, money and gift cards to hand out to those who came to the uh, back-to-school block party. And here's what the planner told me. He said, man, when the day was done, we handed out that final gift card. We didn't have a penny left. I looked at him and I said, well done. Well done. That wasn't your money to keep anyway. It was supposed to be given out. Last, last year, they had $10,000 to give out. And they were able to bless 1,500 children as they went back to school in Merrillville. And I thought to myself, isn't that how God works? When we let it flow, it just keeps flowing. When we hold it, right, it kind of stays here. Remember, hold on loosely. How sad it is when we leave assets unused. I, I read the story just a couple of weeks ago about a man who found unopened boxes of baseball cards in his aunt's attic. His uncle, I guess, once owned a confectionery, com- confectionery company, and uh, they did some tele- television uh, baseball card-sized uh, cards. He got, he got some sports cards. He thought, maybe I need to get into this industry too. And it never happened. So up in the attic, these cards sat. The nephew discovered them. Many open open boxes of Bowman baseball cards. And they will go for probably well over a million dollars at auction. His aunt didn't even know they were there. Sitting there, dusty unused, unopened. We don't want that to be said of us. Are there untold talents and abilities and riches sitting right here? I guarantee it. They're just waiting to be utilized. And gifts are made to be used, aren't they? Now, I know sometimes we want to wait for the perfect timing or or the no-fail opportunity to plug in what we use, what we have, to make a difference. The problem is, if we wait too long, opportunities get lost. They pass us by. And those unopened gifts are just stored away, gathering dust. And we don't want this. See, God wants us to use what we have. Now, the third thing that'll happen at times is that others will have opinions about what we can do. And what we bring to the table. Now I want you to know, Mary did not listen to the opinions of others on this one. Once she poured the perfume on Jesus, <laughs> the opposition began. Remember what they said? Why this waste of an asset? It could have been sold and the money given to the poor. They began to harass her. Now the, the, the reality of this, this goes back to, the question probably goes back to Judas. Judas had control of the disciples' money purse. And they said he used to skim money out of him for himself. And he was quite a character. Do you ever wonder what Mary must have thought? 
these people are complaining about my generosity to Jesus. Ever, thought, ever wondered about what Jesus thought? Oh, what a waste. Well, <laughs> hey, right? When we use what we have for Jesus' mission, there will be some who will downgrade or downplay what we can bring. There'll be those who are sure that what we have is not needed, wanted, or desired. During the TED Talk, Eric Whitaker talked about the second virtual choir project he put together, and he, he asked people on this one to give him some feedback. And here's one feed. I, I, I saw this one, I thought, oh my. It's a good illustration of how others are not always going to be uplifting. Here's what, here's what the lady said. When I told my husband I was going to be a part of this, he told me I did not have the voice for it. It hurt. I shed tears. But something inside of me wanted to do this despite its words. It is a dream come true to be a part of this choir, as I've never been a part of one. And I thought to myself, what an uplifting household. Huh. I'll tell you what, guys. When we, when we try to put into, into use what we have, there will be others who will say why that shouldn't be done or can't be done. There'll be others who will say, well, here's how you could do it better. Here's how I would do it. Listen, listen. Don't. Do not listen to that voice, to those voices. We have one voice we need to listen to. And Mary did. Jesus said, stop talking to her about this. She did this for me. Remember what he says? She did what she could. Yeah. When Jesus is our focus, as he was Mary's, it doesn't matter what others think. It doesn't matter what others say. Because as we listen to his voice, we'll be right where we need to be. Yeah, she did what she could. Those are powerful words to me. They're very freeing, folks, I think. I'm not responsible for doing what I can't do. All right? I'm not responsible for bringing what I can't bring, what I don't have. However, they're also very challenging because I am responsible for doing what I can do and bringing what I do have, right? So here's my challenge for you this week. I'd love to ask you to spend some time with Jesus this week. And spend some time and do some introspection. Look at yourself. And here's what I want you to ask. What gifts, abilities, and passions do I have? So just ask that question. What do, what do I have? Gifts, abilities, and passions that I can bring to the, to the mission of Jesus. So I encourage you to read from the Bible. In fact, I'd, I'd encourage you to start with the book of Mark. Read a chapter a day. Okay? I, I, I love this book. It, it has changed my life. I read it every day. I need it. I need it. Okay? I encourage you to read the book of Mark, one chapter a day, and listen. Just, just process what you're, what you're hearing as you ask that question. Secondly, look around you and see where the things you can bring to the table and the needs around you intersect, because they will. They will. And, and all we have to do is keep our eyes open. Uh, two days ago, three days ago, uh, a friend of my wife's family died. He, he does not know Jesus. And they, they called me last night. The, the family asked if I would do the services over in Western Illinois. And so I'm going I'm to do that. But I, I thought I'd better talk to the, 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 the gentleman's wife. So I called her last night and I talked with her. And I asked at the end of our conversation, I said, Leanne, can I, can I pray for you? She said, please. And so I prayed for her. And, and when I got done, she said this. She said, 
You know, this is the first time in three days anyone has offered to pray for me. Thank you. And I told her, I said, I just want to bring who I have. Because that's what I have. And that's who I have. I can bring Jesus. You're only responsible for bringing who we have and what we have. But that's the last thing I want to ask you to do. When you see a need where you intersect, step out and try to meet it. Do something. Do something with what you have. Because whatever we do for the least of these, we're doing it for Jesus. And people need to see Jesus lived out. We can do that. So when you see what you can do, when you look around you, take a step and just see what happens when you plug what you have into action. That's why I gave you a puzzle piece today. I want you to remember how important each of you are. Each of you are to the complete picture. So put this someplace as a reminder of how important you are. And when we do what we can, we are able to help God's mission advance. Folks, everyone has a gift to bring. No gift is insignificant. And every gift is meant to be used. So let's do what we can. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for this church. I thank you for the difference I see being made in this area because of Westridge. Lord, we know there's so much more to do, so many more opportunities to impact and make a difference. So Lord, I ask for each of us today that you'll help us to keep our eyes open to opportunities around us and then give us feet that are willing to move as we step out and help people who need to find their way back to you. Thank you for Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. In his name we pray.